Hey there, welcome back to Point of Sale. This is the Retail Supply Chain Show, where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. Happy Wednesday. This is episode 18 of Great Quarter, I mean, excuse me, of Point of Sale. We haven't had a show in a couple of weeks. We had our Electric and Autonomous Vehicle Summit last Wednesday, so we skipped last week, but we are back today with an awesome show. We have one of our guests from our sponsor, ArcBeth, best with us today. And we've heard a lot going on in the market about this great resignation about American workers feeling empowered to go and, and test the job market. So we're seeing a lot of, the, we're seeing the highest quit rate we've seen in the country in many, many decades. And it's it, it's overall a, a hiring market. It is a workers market. So with me today to talk about how to build a culture and an environment that can retain workers, even when there are many other options out there, is Jason Turner. He's the VP of Talent and Growth Initiatives at ArcBest. Jason, thank you so much for joining the show. Great to be here. So Jason, this is your FreightWaves TV debut. So let's get, yeah, exactly. Let's give a little background on yourself and how did you end up at ArcBest? You've been there for some time now. That's right. 17 years ago, I was privileged to join this great company. I started off in our household goods moving uh, segment uh, and then uh, worked inside of our broader asset light logistics area. And then in 2016, was able to join our people and culture group and uh, moved into the role that I'm currently in. And and our focus in, in this group is to recruit, develop, and retain the right people in the right job. So I think a, a timely uh, topic that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, it's most definitely, it's super timely, not only for supply chain and logistics, but for really every industry in the country right now, uh, trying to maintain these workers when there are 9 million jobs open. Uh, there's strong prospects for economic recovery and reopening here. So people are, are expecting economic growth and, and seeing some opportunities. And Jason, I, I want to talk about um, the different roles that you've had at ArcBest later on in the show when we talk about kind of the succession plan that ArcBest has. That's one of the big things of how you guys maintain and or retain uh, quality workers is giving them options to grow and learn more. But let's let's stick with those three pillars that you mentioned, recruiting, developing, and retaining. Let's start with recruiting just uh, as, as kind of this might be the simplest one, really, even though it is very complex because maintaining or re- retaining and developing can be even more challenging. Let's let's start with recruiting. You know, where where should people look in these days? What are what are some tips you can give to uh, not only supply chain professionals but but also retailers and others that are looking for quality candidates right now? Well, recruiting, like the rest of our business, is a relationship job, and everyone that listens knows the the standard channels. And we're going to use the web. We're going to use. Uh, career fairs. We're going to use all of the above. Of course, a lot of those channels were disrupted during the pandemic. And so relational connectivity with sources of talent has become more important than ever. I'll tell you another thing that's critical for us, having all 13,000 of our teammates with an eye toward identifying talented values aligned candidates in their social networks has been a, a huge thing for us as well. But I'll tell you, if, if folks are waiting till now to step up their recruiting game, uh, you're, you're already behind the curve. So uh, that's something that, that we continuously do. And a big part of recruiting is simply telling our best story in all channels to all stakeholders. And we've got a great story. We're approaching our first century in business, taking care of our customers and uh, providing them the solutions they need to solve their most complex supply chain challenges. And I'll tell you this. 
a big part of our recruiting is uh, trying to get the word out about our compelling mission. It's to connect and positively impact the world through solving logistics challenges. Because, Andrew, I'll tell you, what we found today in this great resignation, certainly people have opportunities, but certain things never change in human nature. People want to have a meaningful job where their work matters, where they're connected to a purpose much higher than themselves. And then they also want to belong to a team where they know they're valued, they're cared for. And and we constantly think about those elements as we uh, look to attract like-valued candidates. So, uh, again, it's an effort that is broader than just the traditional recruiting channels. It really exudes from who we are. Hey, Jason, I wanted to ask, are you, uh, in your role, are you, you know, over uh, the recruiting of pretty much all the different divisions, or are you focused on a single division? No, uh, our team handles recruiting across the board. And again, as you well know, that can range from a dock worker to a data scientist. And that's another thing about supply chain right now that we can all agree with. It matters more than it ever has. As uh, exacerbated with the pandemic and all the challenges we're seeing now. And we're seeing so much more interest in students younger realizing that supply chain disciplines are essential so that we maintain our American way of life. So yes, it is interesting to your point though, that you have to go vast and broad because there is a diversity of roles that we recruit for in the supply chain area. Yeah, that's one thing. It's actually very interesting when I think about younger people and looking towards the future and the the types of companies they want to work for. You think about even almost all the big tech companies, uh, Amazon, Uber, um, even Apple with its incredible supply chain. All of these all these companies at least have, if not are built upon their logistics and supply chain, have a very important logistical um, division to them. Talk to me one more before we move on. You mentioned something in your opening statement about kind of crowdsourced recruiting. And I think this is, is a big point, especially when you have a team as big as ArcBest does that can go out there and act as um, stewards of the company, stewards of the brand. Talk to me about how you can instill and make sure that they are projecting the right message and how valuable that can be to, to you as a recruiter and to your entire company. Absolutely. Well, and, and you said it, instill the right message and, and, and share it accurately. But that that's birthed out of a passion because I want to be here because I'm proud of this company. I love our mission. I love what we stand for. I'm well cared for by my leadership team. And I really enjoy my work, family, and friends. When you've got that combination, it's it's pretty natural for people to want to go out and tell the story. Certainly, referral bonuses and things like that are, are helpful. But what we find is that when people want to be here, that, that kind of happens naturally. In fact, Last night, we were at a celebration honoring uh, uh, some service awards. And, you know, a cool thing about us uh, turning the clock around to nearly 100 years in business is our number one cause of turnover is retirements. And, and we find people want to build a career here. And when they do, when we have decades and decades and decades and, and they interact in their social circles all across the country, and Andrew, we've got about 250 locations around the country. And, and there's different recruiting dynamics in each of those. But but that fabric of that culture, that values driven culture is really what I think inspires people to want to help us uh, carry on the next generation. I know we'll talk about the importance of succession here in a moment, but, but every leader in our company recognizing that setting us up for success for decades to come through the way we develop and cultivate future leaders, it's all part of our job. 
First off, that is uh, an unbelievable stat, by the way, that your number one turnover in logistics. I mean, we're going to talk about turnover here when we talk about uh, maintaining and developing employees. But that's that's one of the biggest things in our industry, from drivers to warehouse workers to brokers, constantly switching uh, jobs. That, that is an amazing stat and something you, you should be very proud of. And speaking of you know wanting to be here, I think that you, you mentioned it about you. It, it exudes coming out of you, by the way, about your, your pride for ArcBest and the brand you've developed. But it must come from the top down as much as it does the bottom up, right? Uh, and and thinking about um, younger people, you were speaking of you know younger people wanting to be in logistics. You guys also have some programs that have been developed to to try to you know get people excited about supply chain logistics earlier, not only in college but even prior to that. So talk to me a little bit about some of those programs. That's great. And let me just back up to what you said about us being so well led. It does start with our CEO Judy McReynolds. Uh, she is a values driven, courageous, visionary leader. And it just flows from her. And, and we're so well led at so many levels. Our chief human resources officer, Aaron Gaddis, has been a masterful architect of what we call our values-driven culture. So many more that I could call out. But it's just easy to get enthusiastic when you're so well led. Now, back to these earlier investments. Uh, one that we just made uh, last quarter, uh, we invested a million dollars in partnership with a Fort Smith Public School Systems and their Peak Innovation Center. And this is a, a very innovative new program to create pathways for diverse student groups to find jobs in everything from tech and ultimately even into supply chain disciplines, you know, across our organization. So we were thrilled to do that. We're getting earlier access to students, helping them navigate, determine how their skill sets and gift sets may be able to be used inside of our organization because, as you said, Andrew, a lot of people don't really understand supply chain. So we, we feel like it's our obligation from a workforce readiness and development standpoint to make investments and partnerships such as with Peak Innovation. Jason, I have to uh, make the point that this is, I think this is the fourth uh, different ArcBest guest I've had, and you are the first one not from the University of Arkansas. By the way, I don't know. There's an incredible pipeline uh, from the University of Arkansas to ArcVest. It, it's, it's quite remarkable. Uh, there really is. We've got a great partnership both with the University of Arkansas Fayetteville and the University of Arkansas here in Fort Smith. And we have wonderful uh, relationships across the board, partner up on so many things. And, you know, University of Arkansas Fayetteville was recognized as the number one supply chain program by Gartner here a uh, while back, and, and we've seen great results with them. But but honestly, uh, you know, it's all about relationships. It's all about uh, building the relationships, helping your partners know what your needs are, and staying active. We love getting in the classrooms. We love talking to students earlier in their, their career, before they've really even made a career choice, quite frankly. And it's just great to influence tomorrow's leaders. All right. Uh, last question on recruiting before we kind of pivot here to developing and retaining these customers. We are these, these workers, excuse me. Uh, talk to me a little bit about there's another program here with with veterans um, that you guys have there. And talk to me not only about the program, but about why is it such a natural transition from veterans from the military to the logistics world? Uh, it's really good. We, we certainly are proud of our partnership uh, to, to try to help veterans transition well out of their branch of service. And we've had so many uh, advocates of that. Our former ABF president, Tim Thorne, who retired recently, has been a great sponsor in that. He himself was a veteran. But we've hired hundreds and hundreds of veterans and continue to look for ways to do that more. And, and really, the reason we like it, first of all, you know, there's a couple hundred thousand uh, exiting veterans a year. There's a crisis around, uh, you know, veterans not ending up in good place 
places after the transition. It's the right thing to do is number one, because they've served our country. They've defended our freedoms. We want to give back. That's number one. Number two, we find they're a great values match for us. Our values-driven culture, we've got six core values. And, and I tell you, we see a lot of uh, fit with the value systems that a lot of the veterans come out. And again, it's another one of those programs where relationships matter. And we spend a lot of time cultivating relationships there. But we hope that that's going to continue to grow and prosper in the years to come. All right, Jason, let's talk about culture for a minute, cultivating culture. You know, how, how do you guys at ArcBest, as, as you just said, n- number one reason for, uh, for turnover at ArcBest is, is retirement, just incredible. How do you create and maintain a culture that, you know, makes people want to stay there, even when there are other options like there are today? Well, I'm so thankful. And, and I think I heard you talking, using the Chinese proverb in one of your previous episodes about the best time to plant a tree is, you know, 20 years ago, the next best time is today or whatever. But what I would want to say is this, it's been uh, layer on layer on layer of values-driven leadership over the decades with an exclamation point that, that Judy herself has put on the importance of our culture, our values-driven culture. We call it the foundational differentiator for all we do. And in fact, we kind of manage the business as a two-sided ledger. Of course, we're after uh, you know the strategy that's in place. We believe it's a great strategy to serve our customers, but we also put equal attention to culture preservation, culture building activities, and that just never stops. And that those activities are reported on right next to other business KPIs, key objectives, and uh, we have tremendous executive sponsorship uh, in all of our culture building activities. And it really does differentiate us because our people matter most. That's a, that's a statement that's around here. It's strong. I know it can sound cliche, but we have the proof to back it up. It's in the investment that we make, and it's in the care and concern that leaders show for employees. Andrew, there's really two things that I think that can push back on that great resignation you mentioned. You know, people having that meaningful work and people feeling that belonging to a team. And both of those are facilitated by leaders. Hey Jason, I, I'm really glad you, you've, you've said a lot of, of really good points here. And I want to I try to just put a point to them, really. And it's that uh, something I've noticed between freight brokerages, for example, you know, there's a lot. Here we are in Freight Alley. There's a dozen or so freight, freight brokerages that are growing really fast. All of them provide a, a very good work culture, but they're all quite similar. You know, they have their office dog. They've got their ping pong table. They've got the, the free lunch on Fridays, whatever have you. They're all similar, you know, very similar things where they try to build culture. And, and that's what they consider their culture. You know, is that is that really culture or is that just, you know, some some nice amenities that you offer to people? Yeah, that that's a great debatable question. And and I go back to a theory of management that's been around for decades, Hertzberg's uh, motivators and hygiene factors. And, and, you know, motivators, he said, were intrinsic things. And I believe those are the ones that have the most stay in power. Those are things like having meaningful work, having a career path, having a leader that cares about me and takes an interest in me personally. You know, hygiene factors are things like what you described. They're cool. Uh, you know, having a cool place to work, uh, having some of those amenities, free food, and we're all for those things. Uh, and every one of our campuses have distinctives and have some flexibility to do some things like that. But at the end of the day, when I tell my uh, significant others, I think I'm going to leave the company. It's not because the ping pong tables messed up. Right. It's usually a relational issue. 
And, and we know that even paying benefits, now don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people are, are moving from money now, but I'll tell you this, uh, we study that, we work hard to make sure we have very competitive uh, salary and benefit packages, and, and that's important. That's base stuff. That's hygiene factors. But at the end of the day, if you really want to uh, put an inspiration in somebody, care about them individually, work hard to help them be successful, and that they'll turn around and give discretionary effort to help us go serve our customers better and better. But again, that's leader-led. Let's talk about one of those big things at ArcBest that you guys do uh, to help people move forward, to help people grow, and that is this succession plan. You guys have paths forward to train people on new skills, get people to learn new types of jobs within the business. Because, because again, this is not just ABF Freight anymore. ArcBest has many different divisions across all kinds of, of different places in, in the supply chain and logistics world. So talk to me about the succession plan. You've been through it, as you said. You started uh, in the moving division and, and, uh, and have had a couple yep. of roles since then. So talk to me about that succession plan. Yeah, and I appreciate you mentioning that. It's a, it's a foundational process of all we do uh, to cultivate and develop, and then ultimately, as we mentioned, retain talent and, and career journeys. Everybody has a desire to, to want to know, how am I doing, and then what's my next step? And every year, uh, we go through an exhaustive process of understanding bench strength, how people are doing in current roles, and then having these career conversations. And, and again, these aren't big promises you make to people, but it's a leader taking the time to demonstrate they actually care about that employee and, and helping them either develop new skills uh, or, in, or, first of all, be a master in their current role, but then develop new skills, get them ready so that when things do happen, there's an opportunity. Again, an opportunity. One of the questions we ask, you know, we believe we respond and we're agile through our listening. And one of our listening devices, we ask employees, we get thousands of responses every year through our different listening mechanisms. And one of the ones we ask them about is, hey, do you feel like you have the opportunity opportunity to pursue advancement anywhere across the company? You look at me, you mentioned my role, totally non-traditional. I mean, bouncing from uh, different areas of the company. We've got so many examples of that to where it's more of a career rock wall now where you climb and go left, right, up, down versus ladders that people used to get stuck behind. And then they're like, well, there's no, I've got to wait for this person to retire. So I guess I better go look somewhere else. So it is a foundational process to us. You know, you mentioned the development side, everything we do developments inside of our Art Best University. We've got three colleges, our College of Learn, Perform, and Achieve. Learn's where you learn your first role. That's where you got to learn that first role. That's, that's first and foremost. But then beyond that, the uh, College of Perform is enrichment. How do I get better? How do I grow? That's the on-demand stuff. That's all the, the, the self-serve. You know, one of our core values is growth. It says we grow our people and grow our business. And so like-minded, like-valued people, they come here and they want to grow. So we want, we want to feed them. And then finally, our College of Achieve is where all the leadership development happens from aspiring leader all the way to C-suite, having progression paths and with, with how fast things are moving and how tech has come in and, and analytics has come in. That's critical in the development. But hey, Andrew, it never goes out of style to be a good people leader. In fact, it's even more important, I think, the faster things move. 
yeah, I mean, the faster things move, the more people you, you generally have around. So you got to be a better people leader. I love that analogy, by the way, the career rock wall rather than being a career ladder. I think that makes so much sense in today's climate, especially people like you that are going from, let's call it this rock wall of, of the moving services to this walk wall of the people and growth uh, initiatives role. So it, I, I love that analogy. And, and with that in mind, I'm, I've, I've been having this conversation about bringing tech talent into supply chain, supply chain and logistics. It does seem that there's been some, I don't know, push forward, whether it be Uber getting into Uber Freight or Convoy and Flexboard and all the, the big money that has been raised by digital freight matchers and freight forwarders, whatever have you. There just there does seem to be this push where we're there where the industry is attracting more tech talent. But I had a I had a question on how do you how do you make sure that you blend tech talent with understanding supply chain expertise? Because I think this is a these are two different topics, but things that you know, something here at FreightWaves that we're dealing with and that, that we that I think we do a really good job of is attracting tech talent and having all of the incredible talent and expertise we have on supply chain and freight and transportation, blending the two to have this, you know, tech forward thinker that also is an, a freight expert. You know, we have a dozen of those running around here in FreightWaves. So talk to me about blending tech talent and supply chain expertise. Yeah, it's, that's super uh, important. And I'm so thankful for this, this, Innovation, uh, you know, this mindset, it's more than a mindset here at ArtVest. I mean, it literally is in the fabric of all we do. You, you, don't, you don't hit your 100-year anniversary mark without an innovative spirit. And, and I am so uh, in awe of our ArtVest technology leadership team, Michael Nusity, who's been, been on some FreightWave stuff, and, and just the, that, that spirit, that, that constant creative uh, thinking that goes behind uh, integrating. And we don't see tech and the business as two different things. They are seamlessly blended so that, you know, our best technology team is fully integrated with our solutions teams and, and they work seamlessly, whether it be, a um, you know, an IT solution, whether it be a data or analytics solution. And, and I'll tell you, uh, the same things apply to them that does to the rest of the world. They want to work for a company that's doing something that makes a difference. And, and to connect and positively impact the world through solving logistics challenges, our mission in, in having the best tech, tech platforms, the best analytics horsepower, and really changing the face and really keeping the wheels of the U.S. economy turning, it's a, it's a magnificent mission for them to plug into. So when we can connect them with that, and then they begin to collaborate. Another one of our core values directly with our business uh, in all of the areas we serve our customers. We have, again, found in that great group of people that our attrition rate is extremely low. They love to stay. They love the work team they've got. They love working with the best-in-class tools and, and systems. And uh, we have a lot of success in that area. Really proud of that group. Jason, you've, you've spread out your advice throughout these last 25 minutes, but let's let's wrap it up here with, you know, two prospective transportation providers or retailers or really anybody that is struggling with retention right now from from a company that the number one uh, turnover reason is retirement from that position. What is some advice you would give to these prospective companies that are just kind of struggling to keep workers around? Yeah, uh, it, it, two things, and it goes back to what I've said already. Uh, get back to why you exist. When people lose their why, they lose their way. I've heard that stated before. And uh, so many times when there's so much, and here's the deal, everybody coming out of the pandemic, and unfortunately, it looks like we're, 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 we've got this Delta variant, it's concerning, but 
People just wanted to change. They just want something. The issue is people aren't deeply connected with the work they're doing. Number one, so get back to the mission and why it matters. Number two, leaders have to care about people. If leaders don't have a genuine concern for people, all like you said, all the ping pong tables, all the free food, all that stuff falls short. It's that genuine concern for people. And, and, and as a leader, being that servant leader and taking a genuine interest in those on my team and connecting them to that grand purpose and then helping them as we all uh, strive to serve our customers with excellence, I think that's a winning combination that that is timeless. Yeah, Jason, that is so good. I think I think uh, really at the at the heart of all that is empathy. Uh, you have to have empathy from the top down and from the bottom up, right? All right, Jason, thank you so much for your time today. This has been fabulous. I'm sure we'll have you on again here uh, in a few months. Thank you. All right. All right, everyone, that has been it for episode 18 of the Point of Sales Show, the retail supply chain show where we break down great retailers, the supply chains that move them, and the data they use to make decisions. We'll be back next week at 2.30 Eastern right here on FreightWaves TV and wherever you listen to podcasts, either Spotify or Apple Music. I'm back with Dima Adada. She is the CEO of Get Set, which is a warehouse technology provider. We're going to be talking about the average American warehouse. I think there are some misconceptions of what the average American warehouse looks like. I can blame Amazon a little bit for making us all think that every warehouse has just incredible robotics and is highly automated. That is not the case. So Dima is working on a software to help between the planning and execution stages of within the warehouse. So it is going to be an awesome conversation. That will be next to next Wednesday at 2.30. Make sure to subscribe to the Point of Sale newsletter. If you have not, you can find that at FreightWaves.com slash POS. You can also find some old articles in there, uh, some old excerpts from the newsletter. So check that out. All right, everyone, that's been it. We'll see you next week.